Hi, this is Brett Blevins. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> It's a fine sound. It's the rockin'est sound around. Your pause always gives me cause. Aw, we're rapping this week? <laughs> I feel all sleek. Yeah, he goes on fleek. <laughs> on fleek. My son said that for about... <laughs> I was just gonna say, as many beats. Yeah, he used that one for about a week. I just had... I found it so... Di- yeah, I found it so distasteful. I said, I'll take the bruh... And and all the other stuff, but fleek is just weird. <laughs> I just don't. It's a weird word. It makes no sense. Sorry to me. Skeet stuff. Skeet skeet skeet. <laughs> He's he has a little nightstand next to his bed oh, with the pump, tissues. the pump Vaseline, <laughs> and <laughs> and the fucking the tissue. Lotion. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, your hands are that raw. He's like, oh yeah, from. Working out after with the football. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. How long are his showers? Oh, uh, not long. Oh. No, okay. no, 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 not long. He's not a power shower guy? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I was never, as a kid, in the shower. It wasn't really my thing either. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's like maybe special occasions, but the... Um, <laughs> Uh, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Say, hey, hey, because we're going to ace in the bathroom today. The is it? Does he have a preference? Is it like Puffs Plus or just you know plain old facial tissue? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I the the lotion tissues or is it? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, I mean, he's just some father son bonding moments. Yeah, yeah. He bought. Is he more of a? Is he more of a spank bang guy or a Pornhub guy? We're gonna stop. Um. <laughs> he came home with a black light, and I said, "You really want to put that in oh your room?" Oh my god! He's oh, like, "Why?" Yeah, I said, "What he was getting into?" I said, "Dude, <laughs> it's gonna look what you gotta clean my room. It's gonna look, look like, like a, the Crab Nebula, like yeah. Valentine's Day Massacre in there." And the God. <laughs> <sighs> Mariska Hargitay took one look in the room. She's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Seriously. Every, anytime you can bring SVU into it, we got to seriously. seriously. Hey, everybody! I don't think I've actually ever seen an episode of SVU, but I feel like I'm. Uh, she's been on TV forever. She's gorgeous, oh, she yeah, gorgeous. That, that what a pedigree! Well, oh my god! Family. Yeah. yeah. What happened to the dude? Because he was in, he was just in Happy. Oh yeah, no, he he he, he left. Bounced years ago. Well, obviously, I mean, he, he left. But I'm like, did he get killed off? Did he? No, he just oh, left. No, no, I think the, I think he he took the family in a. Um, the, I don't know if something was coming up or if he just wanted to retire. But yeah, um, the daughter is fucked uh, up. His daughter's like messed up on the show. And don't call me dumb. Um, one of my favorite episodes though is is it, and it it came out of fucking left field because there's um, some dude has kidnapped a girl and, and he's. Um, Got her chained up at the bottom of it in, in the basin of like some hardware store or something. And when they finally triangulate and find out where she is, um, the guy's driving his car and he pulls up to the block and, and he sees all the lights and everything flash. And so he, 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 he stops the car and out of nowhere, he gets punched in the side of the head because the car window was open and, and cause, cause Ice-T caught him and he was just like, it was just cause, and it, it was a sudden time. We're just sitting there watching TV and the guy's looking. So the camera's on the guy's face through the windshield. And all of a sudden the guy gets clocked in the side of the head. And it, I, I just, I die laughing every time I see it. I love Ice-T. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he's great. Yeah, he is great. I told you guys my iced tea story when I was a kid, right? No. Um, I feel like so. Yeah. I think I might have. I, I was in high school. I was heading to L.A. for a national, um, like in a club. I was. We were a member of a club, and it was the, it was nationals, and it was uh, it was Amble? future business le- future <laughs> business leaders of America. Wise ass. <laughs> so we're we're in line at Newark Airport. A roll to. Uh, to uh, L.A., right? And go in line for Burger King, right? Freaking Burger King. And... See Vince. There's... What's that? Yeah, just check out Vince. Just, I, I probably hung out with you without even knowing it was you. Um, I was like, look at that fly manager with the with the mullet. No, he, um, he always calls me a manager, and I never was. I just because you assumed that you always, like, opened and closed and cleaned. Yeah. Anyway. And I also uh, worked at every Burger King in the in the country. Yes. Well, yeah, you sure. Had, yeah, you had to train other managers. Yeah, you were you were yeah manager and training. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, there was this huge commotion, and we look over, and about a hundred feet away is a crowd of people, and we look through, and we can see that it's it's Ice T, who was then pretty much purely a, a rapper. Right. Yeah. He hadn't really done much of any acting at the time, and uh, I was with some people that weren't the biggest hip hop fans. So, um, but I remember saying, oh, it's, it's, that's cool. That's iced tea. That's awesome. Um, and then we're in line at Burger King and like five minutes later, someone taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and it's fucking iced tea. And he, he, and I was like stunned, like awestruck. And he was like, oh, Hey man, I, I saw you guys like staring at me from afar, but what's up? You, you, you didn't want to come up and say hello. And we were like, uh, uh, you know, and, um, he was the coolest dude. Like he just sort of like asked us, what are y'all doing? Like, we're, and so we're like, what are you doing? Like you're heading back to LA. And he goes, yeah, I just, I was, he's like, I'm just wrapping up a movie and I'm flying home. And we're like a movie, like thinking like you're a rapper, you don't do movies. And he's like, yeah, I just did this movie called Ricochet. So oh gonna, shit. He's like, you're yep. going to hear about it. And we we're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then it just so happened that he was on uh, the cover of the source that month, which was a hip hop magazine for those of you that didn't don't know. So he walked up to like the Hudson News. It wasn't a Hudson News, whatever it was back then, the magazine thing. And he pulls a copy off the stand <laughs> without paying for it. I'm pretty sure he didn't pay for it. And he pulls it, maybe one of his managers did or something, but he pulls a copy off the stand. He's on the cover and he signs it to me and daps me up. And he's like, All right, man. He's like, Good to meet y'all. And he's like, Be on the lookout for that movie. And we're like, Yeah, for sure. And uh, that was that, and it was like he was the coolest dude ever, man. So like he's he's my homie for life. Like I, oh. you know, it's a goofy little suburban white kid, and he rolls up and he's like super nice to me for just for because he saw me staring at him from afar. Sweet was Miss Wyvon or whatever her name is with him. The, the dude, girl- this was like twenty years before he was with his wife. With oh, Coco. oh, Coco. Okay, yeah, Coco. I mean, this would have been like ninety, like one ninety, whenever. Like yeah, like- mm. so this is the the street iced tea, not the. Yeah, I, I knew him yeah. because I was a hip hop fan. Right. But I, right. I like um yeah, I mean he like he he had I think maybe done another film or something, like a little bit, but he had like it wasn't you didn't think of him as an actor at the time. You thought right. he was a rapper. And this was also people forget now, it's it's pretty common for I mean, a lot of musicians and hip hop artists in particular have gone have done T V and film, but back then it was pretty unusual. I mean, even like, you know, Ice Cube hadn't done his stuff. I mean it was Ice T was kind of a groundbreaker in that regard. Trivia, little known fact. Mm-hmm. I have seen Ice T in concert. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Come on, the obvious choice with body count. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. When you say yeah. you see Ice T, my question was going to be, did you see him as Ice T or did you see no, him as body, so, count? As body count? Yeah, cool. I love yeah, that. That's album. cool. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, that was one long ass intro. But you know where you Bonus. are. Yep, you are at eleven o'clock comics episode six hundred and fifty three, mm. and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. That is a logical conclusion, and I am Lieutenant Commander Data. Wow, method actor. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Lieutenant Commander Data. You're Jason Wood, everybody. There's too much blood pumping in your veins for you to be an android. You got that that hot hot Irish stuff going on. But anyway. You had blood, son? Yeah, but not... He was was alive, man. Come on. It was synthetic. And you're not. You're Jason Wood. I say it again. And uh, this episode... Is brought to you by our wonderful patrons. This is an extra episode. You're going to get two this week. If you want to know what all this Patreon hubbub is about, go there. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and you'll see. I don't usually dive deep in the covers of the day. I like to do the fan service. Uh, Chris Chavez mentioned... He loved the Godzilla series, so after I posted a bunch of ROM and Shogun Warrior covers, I finished up the Godzilla run just to you know just to make people happy because they love seeing the covers of the day. I actually did research for this week and crickets. They are covers from uh, very prized possessions of mine. There's a, a publisher in Australia named Greydown who imported. Uh, Warren publication stuff, Erie pubs, like anything they didn't get their hands on, they licensed it, slapped gorgeous covers on it, and they just, they were churning them out like crazy from like, say, 69 to 84. I have maybe a hundred issues of these things. Like I said, very, very near and dear to my heart. And I had to actually research, um, publication dates. And cover artists, because, you know, they're all over the map, whatever they can. And no, nobody. Just like, like crickets. You guys are killing me. Mm. But anyway. I like, how, I like how they're rated A for adult readers. Yeah, they're great. I, like I said, they're, um, if you saw Warren in the 70s, Eerie and Creepy Vampirella, you know what's going on within the pages of these things. But it's the covers that separate them from the herd. The covers are impeccable and unique to this uh, publisher in most cases. Yes, they did also license some cover images. But for the most part, they were actually paying for covers because they didn't have to pay for the guts a lot. You know, they were just taking them and reprinting them. So there you go. There's a little bit of lesson gray down. They're an amazing publisher from Australia. Um, Roland's probably like, yeah, mate. I know all about them. I know. I, I just I just wish everyone else did, but there you go. Um Yeah. So Patreon.com. What's up, fellas? What's up? Usually we come into this saying, Man, it feels like yesterday we just did one of these. It feels like a month since we did one. It really does. Yeah. We had the yeah, we because we, we've had we had the clusters, we had the book of the month, we had the be- favorites of the decade, so We've only had one or two "quote unquote" regular episodes to whatever extent that right. would call any episode regular uh, in in like the last month. Yeah, yep, chaos. That's what it is. 
crazy. But it's sure. it's a good kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. I and am. I, I needed today. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, it, for whatever for whatever reason, the second half of the day just kind of. It's almost a 180 from the morning. In the morning, I was fine. Everything was great. I was getting some things done. And then something happened, and I was just I just been in a mood, and, and, and I don't know what it is. And, and I'm sure the weather isn't helping because it's just cold and damp up here right now. But I, I know there are some places that are pretty much getting flooded off the map or it's snowmageddon. But um, I was really happy that uh, – we, we we get together tonight for a little while. This is what happens when you give a shit. See, that's what happens if you <laughs> just don't care. It won't bother you. Because that's me. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's not you. It's the it's the antithesis of you. But if you were more uncaring, you wouldn't be upset. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Uh, unfortunately, I may add to your gloomy mood because it is the drink roll call, and I am drinking Clear Splash Raspberry Blackberry Flavored Sparkling Water Beverage. I know you were Jason's today. <laughs> why? Why the? Why the? You going dry? Dry? Dried you Webbery? Yeah, dry. for a while. <laughs> Just for a while. I, I gotta. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to drop a couple pounds and drinking a, almost a whole bottle of wine when we record. That's not going to contribute to my my weight loss. So that's there's there is validity in that statement. No lies detected. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep the party going. I'm drinking drinking Schweppes pink grapefruit seltzer. <laughs> what are you drinking, Dap? <laughs> He's like, I got I, uh, <laughs> I've got no, I've got, um, I've actually got some seltzer water right here. Um, but before I open that, I'm going to finish this glass of um, Steakhouse Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. There you go. Keeping the torch lit, so to speak. It's a yeah. good thing. Somebody's got to do it, right? Well, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you guys will look good, and my love will be shot. We'll be fine. The um, uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, you got a head start on us with the liver. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not being jerky. I'm just saying you like the harder stuff, like the, the bourbon and the oh, sure, yeah. the whiskey and stuff. No, I wasn't being a jerk, I wasn't trying to be anyway. Oh, I, 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 I didn't. Mitch Garrods is like Dap's, uh, like. Spirit far more artistically animal. talented spirit animal. Yes, yes, without a doubt. Yeah, but I also started. But you could whoop his ass in a in a in a high tea contest. <laughs> um, <and laughs> congrats to him, by the way, for for uh, re-upping his uh, DC exclusive contract. Yeah. But, um, I also started later. I think in my um in in my. In I was gonna, yeah we did. Era. What was that? The last time we were hanging out, I was we were talking about yeah. that. We were, you you were like pretty much. I mean, I I would have. If you were like thirty one. This white Zinfandel's going right in my head. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. I, uh, you know, if, if I could really pay rent, I'm sure as hell I'm going to buy some Ripple. So, one of the greatest songs ever written. But we won't talk about those people in front of Jason because he don't like them. What? Uh, what is who does? Grateful Dead. Oh, I don't dislike you. I mean, no. I no no no. I you you got that wrong. I don't like. I mean, I'm not a Grateful Dead fan in that I don't go out of my way to listen to them, but I'm not offended by their music. Ripple, Billy Joel, and I was just gonna say. Story. I was just gonna say Billy Joel's Ripple. 
which would be a whole different song. Yes. All singing, all dancing. Yep. Yes. All right. Yeah, if you want to tag team on this before, uh, just while we have Jason's semi-undivided attention. Why would you have my full undivided attention? Well, I don't know. It may slide when you hear the subject of what we're going to talk about. I'm just saying. Well, before you do, I just want to, I don't have any thank yous, but I did want to shout out our homie, Mr. Clark Carl Slominski, it's it's his birthday. It's his birthday oh. on Tuesday that we're recording. So most of y'all are going to hear it the next day. So you're gonna if you do wish him well, you're gonna wish him a belated. But yeah, t- tonight is uh or today was his birthday. So That's happy awesome. haps. Mm-hmm. Cool. David and I, uh, it's a continuation of a trend. Um, we started with the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, with the City of War storyline which had recently, as of two issues ago, wrapped up. And so um, we thought, hey, you know what? That was pretty damn great. Let's uh, persevere, keep going, see what's up. Because uh, a new creative team came on, and uh, it's still overseen by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, but the uh, visuals and the writing are now being done by none other than so. Sophie Campbell. Yes. Beautifully illustrated. Yeah. By Sophie Campbell. And uh, uh, Rhonda Patterson is doing the color work. So uh, not to go too deep, because as of right now, we really can't go too deep. Um, it's, it's the literal fallout from City at War, uh, during which Old Hob dropped a mutagen bomb in a very densely populated area. And by populated, I mean human beings. And the mutagen did its work and transformed um, what were once ordinary Homo sapiens into mutated beings. You have um, giant porcupines walking around, um, otters, you name it. Uh, these these one time humans have been transformed and the now the city has been walled off because xenophobia reigns um those that weren't affected by the mutagen and see all these strange beings in there and they're afraid right that's what happens um to the majority of the population they see something they don't understand and they fear it or they hate it by way of fear so um it's like Escape from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles New York now. It's all walled up. And the people within the walls are just trying to survive and get food any way they can. And rivalries are, are starting to pop up. And Old Hob and the Mutanimals aren't being too uh, generous with the food rations. And people are fighting tooth and nail just to survive. So then you have characters like Alaplex who are uh, manning, or or in this case, womaning, a food kitchen, like a soup kitchen type scenario. Um, the turtles proper uh, to, you know, beat the hell out of a, a phrase, they're shell-shocked. They just had a very devastating loss. We won't say what if someone hasn't read uh, Turtles 100. And they're withdrawn, and they go into those places that Raph usually goes to. Raphael is usually the loner and uh, separates himself willingly from the family. But in this case, all of them are doing it. 
um, April's messed up. Uh, Raph is doing the Dark Knight thing with pepperoni and toe. Mikey has a cat, doesn't do much except sleep and tend to his cat. You know, uh, they're in, they're they're their hearts are broken and they don't really see a a point uh, too many points in in life, and that's where this whole thing begins. It's only two issues into it, but. The thing I love the most about it is you got a storyline featuring organisms that have gone from one state to another state, right? Uh, In this case, against their will. But the fact remains, they were once A, and now they are B. And I shouldn't use those letters because A imparts some kind of a preeminence over B just because it's first in the in the alphabet. So they've gone from state one to well it still works the same if I do that. They've changed. Right? Yes. They've they've transitioned over to something else. And I thought, holy shit, it it must have been planned, calculated, right? That you would have a woman helming these stories that has transitioned herself it's brilliant and who knows the feelings from both sides that crop up in these situations better than someone who has experienced it lived it right i think it it imparts an authenticity to the proceedings that we could have faked it we could have made it up you know but this seems like these incidents that are portrayed in here were experienced in some way by the author yeah she's not going to run into a giant porcupine trying to take her out but what i'm saying is that it just it seems there's a a a veracity to the stories and authenticity maybe i'm just injecting something into it that's not there i i when i briefly touched on 101 last time um I, it, it's right right where you're going. I, I'm i not trying to um, project and, and, and assume that Sophie can... Uh, obviously, you know, when someone's writing a story, they're, they're, the more personal touches they add to it, the more, the more things they can write about from their own life, I think, benefits the story, makes the story either more believable or, or, or more worthwhile. Um but yeah, I'm 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 with you. I think that uh I think it's it's um I don't know if appropriate is the right word, but but there's no there is yeah, it, the, the, there is a change. I mean, the turtles are are, are, are splintered and 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 there's aside from the uh, the mutanimals, all these humans that have been um that 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 have been transformed. Um it's you know, it, 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 this could have been. We we read a whole bunch of books about you know mutants and and doesn't necessarily mean anybody writing them may have any any real life experience of of what it's like to 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 grow up or be born one thing. Um, so yeah, there's I I think that adds some at least for in the two issues so far. I think that's adding some weight to the story. Whether whether, whether that's me yeah. reading into it. I, I I can't say right now, and I'm not going to assume. But it it's 
it's working for me. I'm, I'm yeah, and and I'm and I'm not trying to say oh, um, I don't even know if I'm using the right term. A trans woman is writing these stories, therefore they're more believable than if a a, a non-trans person wrote them. It just feels like it. It feels like a mature take on the scenario and I, and by mature I don't mean sex and and violence I mean it's it's a it's a well thought out reasoned believable emotional approach that's not just big green guys you know beating the crap out of mutated monsters you know it it, it feels like there's a weight to the stories that goes beyond just superheroics if that makes any sense yeah and and i love it i think um it's a nice fresh uh interesting take on the turtles whereas and i'm not to not to uh imply that the city at war wasn't a, a fresh interesting take it was but it was more along the lines of the stuff that we've always seen in turtles and that's good there was they were they were playing to the audience this seems like a risky thank you uh, for doing that uh, endeavor because there's more to it than just what we've come to expect from Turtles. Yeah. I was amazed that Raphael, who's usually the brutal one, and uh, in, in the, the first part of this in, in 101, he breaks up a fight. Um, these these two mutanimals are, are manhandling this regular citizenry and he comes into the fight and he's got the size drawn and he hits his the, the two uh, attackers but he turns the size around and he hits them with the handle of the side not the blade and I thought okay I mean that's it, it I wouldn't want to be hit in that manner by the handle but you have to admit it's a lot less bloodthirsty than the alternative but the surprising part of it was jenica the the new female turtle she breaks up a fight and she's got these hand claws and she's stabbing people left and right like she does not care she's going into the meat and i was like whoa this is cool that you have a woman who's now out fought or out um I don't know what the word I want to use is. She she's more brutal than Raphael, I think. And yes. and usually, you know, women in most cases are portrayed as frail and and eye candy. And but that's not Jenica. Jenica goes in, she does what has to be done at a, you know any cost, and she's protecting these these innocents. And then a friendship spurs out of it. I thought it was. I think it's great. It sounds really good. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Sophie's work. So, the cartooning is impeccable. I yeah, mean, that's absolutely. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. just the the facial expression. She must be a, a Chuck Jones uh, devotee oh, nice. because the yeah. the facial expressions. Uh, she, I think she's definitely looking in a mirror for a lot of these because there's mm -hmm. there's just again there's an authenticity to the facial movements that it just it looks great and it's just so expressive and. And, uh, it's, it's like, a it, it, it's like a dirty cuteness. There's a cuteness to her work, but it's not super clean. 
the um and I mean and, and we're used to Sophie's work from say like Chairman the Holograms, but here because of all because of all the mutant animals, that there's I I'm getting a um there's a bit of a black sad vibe going on. Yeah, when, a little when bit. She draws the 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 characters. It's uh, it just yeah. I mean and and everybody is nothing's nothing's black and white everybody's got these shades of gray going on and and um i mean there there are characters you can root for that that's pretty apparent and and root against but um motives aren't always so clear no. i'm just saying that two issues in so so yeah there's there's uh there's enough here where you there's enough going on where you 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 definitely get caught up and i get to the end of the issue i'm like i want more and and i'm not that that's not an indication that it's it's a quick read because there's, there's a lot of text here but it's it's um there's a lot i'm of just text. yeah i'm just so so caught up in the story that that i i need to know like what what's going to happen with this character and and I, I need to hear the rest of that conversation and and i want to see more of that particular character because i thought that they were so uh engrossing i just i'm it's it's definitely a um, uh, something I, I definitely look forward to when when I go to the shop. I, I um, it's it's one of those books now where um, yeah, I, I I bring it home and I got to read it that day. Yeah, and it says a lot to me uh, when I find the best panel out of the two issues uh, Campbell did to date is a wide shot of april in her apartment and she's messed yeah. up she she's yep. just she's just lounging around in her sweatpants and and she's disheveled and the apartments or the the, the house is a mess there's mm-hmm. boxes of stuff all over baskets laundry. baskets of laundry yeah she didn't christmas even put christmas laundry. away yet and it, it's just that panel's gorgeous the 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 drawing on display there is just phenomenal and it's not an action panel. It's not a double page spread. It's just, it's just there, and it's just, it, it, it's so gorgeous. And yeah. it's, it's, it seems to be there's, and and that's pretty much all we saw of April in the first issue were those two panels, and then in the next issue, um, we get four because she's back at work and and Baxter asked for something, and then she's making a phone call. So. Um, you know, things are, are it, it's, I'm not saying that, that April's a, a, a subplot and, and you don't, you know, she, she's, she's still obviously in their lives or at least trying to, to, to stay in their lives. But, um, but the, the, the turtles have to fix themselves first. And, and, and it's been, it's, it's been, it's been a heavy six months for them. And, uh, you know, Donnie asks, Leo, if, if if there's you know, how do we fix this? Is is there a way for us to come back and and even Leo uh Leo's like I maybe maybe we don't get fixed. I it's just it's it stays there's and and I'm sure yes they will, but it's it's gonna be a journey and and one I'm 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 happy to be alive. I mean it it's kind of weird to say, you know, I'm taking I guess enjoyment in their misery, but it's 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 the story Sophie's telling and and it's it's one I can't look away from. And and I feel 
And a part of that, a lot of that is because, because of Sophie's drawing. And, and I mean, you know, seeing, seeing Mikey just, just taking care of this cat. And, and then, you know, obviously Mikey wants to stay with his brothers and, and, and doesn't want to, you know, it's, nobody's really talking to each other, but at least they're still, they're physically close and in proximity to one another, even if they're not emotionally, um, close and and, well, and actually having heartfelt conversations yeah. together it's, they're, they're it's, suffering from ptsd yeah all of them mm-hmm. yeah and they can't it's it's yeah, so so and, and it's not something that they can you know obviously raf's dealing with it the way raf does but but the rest of them don't think that way so raf radio uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, uh but it's it's yeah the the neat thing is that karai is still the ghost of Karai is still in the second part, but that person that was connected to Karai, I'm not going <laughs> to, I won't spoil it. Um, and it's a big deal, not a mention in two issues, which is great. I, you just keep that on the back burner for whenever you're going to pull it out. You don't have to do it right now because that went down in issue 100 and we l- just let it, let it simmer for now, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, I think this is phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And 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 like that, um, I went from oh, Dave Wachter is going to wrap up his his turtles. Uh, I want to read this city at war because I love Dave, and um, I started buying the the issues in singles. Usually, I, I wait till they get those big ass hardcovers. But I bought them in singles because want to support Dave, love him. And City at War, if you're going to ring that bell, that was one of the best storylines from the original run, I thought. At the tail end, yeah, but I think it was a great storyline. If you're going to um, dig up that old bag of bones, then great. I'll, I'll, I'll stick around. And I thought 100 was going to be it. But no. Now it's, it's uh, I have to read it. I got to see what's up. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I didn't read this, so you're right, it was a tag team, but I, I mean, it sounds excellent. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll probably pick up the collected edition. It would probably look very good on your bookshelf because it uh, visually, I mean, and and the storyline and everything about it is just, it's, it's just wonderful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when we do an impromptu episode, the fates align. Uh-oh. Because what I want to talk about also happens to be a fantastic anthropomorphic adventure comic. Huh. Yeah, do, right? How about that? Do tell. Vince. Hi. What if I were to tell you that there is a comic that visually is drawn like a classic Disney illustrator, mm-hmm. but is thematically in the homage of a post-apocalyptic, a.k.a. Commandy-esque rat anthropomorphic solo hero who has to fight for his survival. Sound like something you might enjoy? I tell you, I want to know the name of it. Well, I got a shout-out a long-time listener and member of the EOC Munity, Mr. Eric Figueroa, because he posted this in our weekly Best Thing I Read This Week thread two or three weeks ago. And yet again, it's baffling to me because he posted it. It came out last month, 
And I don't know how in the hell, as someone who reads previews two or three times before I place my order, I missed this because it's a thousand percent up my alley, but I missed it. Uh, but he posted it, and I ordered it from Amazon on his uh, pitch, and I am so glad, and I want to hug him if I ever see him for this. Uh, it is called Solo, The Survivors of Chaos. Uh, it is uh, by a gentleman named Oscar Martin. He is a Spanish cartoonist who I believe lives in France. He has a Lifetime Achievement Award from Time Warner because he spent most of his career drawing licensed comics, most notably Tom and Jerry. Um, but you would know, you'll be happy to know, Vince, he also has spent a big chunk of his career drawing Disney comics in Le Journal de Mickey in France. So French Disney comics. Well, I must have seen his work then. I'm sure you have. I mean, if you see, if you do see, if you look on in our Facebook group, or if you if you Google this, you'll you'll see. I mean, his art style is incredibly clean. It's very evocative of 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 a classic Disney look. Um, so, um, you know, visually, I think people can probably get in their mind's eye what this would look like. But um, so this was created in French originally in two fifty six page oversized comics. Um, it was then brought over to the United States by Titan of all people of all, not of all people of all publishers in 2018, I believe in the same form, just translated in English. And then the version that I read that Eric recommended, which came out last month in January was through Titan, a hardcover bond destiné classic hardcover slightly oversized uh, collection of the complete work. So the two fifty-six page issues in one, one work. Uh, and it was awesome. It's very straightforward. There's not a lot under the surface here. You know what you're getting. It's post-apocalyptic setting. There is a young warrior who is at the outset fighting, hunting, hunting creatures for meat to provide for his family he and his father, who is the head of the clan, um, they go back home, and it's it's rough, right? It's 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 like with many situations like that, when they successfully hunt, even that's often a defeat because then big packs of gang or or mutants come and and take the meat from them before they have a chance. So, so they they basically get back home, and there's not a lot of meat, even though they kill this big creature. And the dad has a heart to heart with him and says, "Listen, I." You know, it's time. And he said, I know I have to leave because he's got they have little brothers and sisters and there's not enough food. And so it's time for him to go out on his own. And that and he starts that's hence his name solo. And he's out on his own fighting for survival, doing a reasonably good job. And uh, what happens? You can guess it because it's happened in a million stories. Time old story. He gets captured and put into servitude as a gladiator. Right. I mean, we've seen this in Conan and, and Gladi. I mean, we've seen it a million times. Right. It's, it's a very, very age old story. Um, and this but Solo is an absolute badass. He is the best warrior that they've seen. He makes mincemeat of all of his opponents and thus rises in favor. And the arena master says, man, you're, you're my ticket back to the city. Because there's a bigger arena where all the the rich city folk are, and the and let's say the emperor, the ruler, the governor—I forget what they call them—and uh, basically there, there's a contest 
and it's sort of like a homework hunger games. They take the best of the best warriors from the different regional gladiator places. And, uh, if they're good enough, they all go into a battle together, like a battle Royale. And the one winner of that battle Royale gets his freedom. So the, the slave master says, you're my dude. You're, you're the first time I've ever had someone that I think could win this. We're going to go to the city and we're going to fight in this battle Royal. So they do that. They, they fight in this battle Royal and uh, solo who is a anthropomorphic rat has to go up against um, three other characters. And we get like a oh, hot new bios of each of those characters we introduce, which I love. There's a, there's a, a hog, um, a cat and a, and a, a dog basically. Um, and uh, he has to fight, and he fights, and he gains his freedom. Again, a story we've seen in a million ways, in a million, so, so not breaking new ground here, per se. Uh, gains his freedom, and then, much like with Conan, he's still, like, he's back being free, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's still living a desolate life, fighting for survival, hunting, and and wandering aimlessly with no real purpose. Uh, so what usually happens in that in that case? He finds true love. Oh, he sure. He stumbles upon a village, finds a beautiful little cutie white and like all like white white furred anthropomorphic uh mouse and uh they shack up and uh he's he's happy he's happy i mean he's kind of for the first time in his life he's he's content he's he's helping the village hunt and there's plenty of food and he's training the young the young villagers and and you know as to how to be better warriors and and all, all is good but he's still as discontent and that's pretty much where the book ends i mean it's just a glimpse into this dude's journey. But where it's awesome is that in these 110-ish pages, the the fight scenes are incredible. And the character designs are incredible. Because while the main character and the other gladiators are anthropomorphs, the uh, there are also wildly awesome-looking creatures. Um, ranging from little termite-looking things with gigantic mouths full of teeth to... Uh, to T-Rex things with, with big spiky arms. It's just, just really creative uh, character design for the mutant monsters that exist in this world. Um, it's quick, short, to the point, concise. It travels very familiar ground, but it's impeccably executed, especially visually. And uh, yeah, it's terrific. It's terrific. I mean, um, this is one of those books where there's no mystery here. If you like that kind of story, you know, if you saw, if you like Gladiator or you like Conan or you like Spartacus or whatever the hell, pick your, you know, pick your version of that. Uh, you'll like this story. If that's not the kind of thing that you're into, or you feel like you've read and seen that story too many times, that's probably not for you. But I thought it was great, and uh, I, I hope Titan does more of this because I'm about this all day every day. This is part of their Statics with an X press imprint which is their version of the european translation market which as you all know i have been all about the last year or two so um yeah huge thumbs up for this uh you can get it at uh anywhere you can buy books it's 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 hefty priced for 100 pages it's it's 29.99 cover price for a relatively small amount of comic but uh but it's a beautiful presentation and I think certainly worth it if you buy it on a discount like I did on Amazon for like 15 bucks. So Solo, well, it's actually called Oscar Martin's Solo, The Survivors of Chaos. I just want to know one thing. Mm. How in the ever-loving hell did I miss this? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, I'm going to blame the fact that it's in Titan because Titan's 
previews topology and design offends me. It's super busy with really muddied, overworked logos and color rendering. I just feel like they're they do their books a disservice in previews. It just is a mess. I think their their section is always a mess visually. It's a hodgepodge. So, yeah. yeah. So so I I often I, that's I'm going to blame it on that that I just miss this I miss the noise. Um, so because when I think of Titan, I just think of Doctor Who comics. And uh, I'm not about that life, but, um, but yes, I'm sad that I missed this, but I'm thrilled that Eric didn't miss it and pointed it out. And, uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in, uh, in, in knowing that this is the kind of work that would be right up a lot of our, our, our friends and listeners alleys. See, no, I don't, I, hmm? I, I do, I do spend a lot of time in a Titan section cause they put out the play burner 2019 and, and, Oh, that's right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I scan the, the Doctor Who stuff and, and and our boy Rico is doing the Robotech remix variant cover. So I, I do check mm-hmm. out the Titan section, but this cover does not look familiar to me at all. So yeah, it, it definitely missed it. Yeah, it came out January 14th and oh, now this is interesting. Okay, so Titan I was looking, Comics or Titan Books? No, no, so I was looking at the Titan Comics website with the, with the two issues the two issues have a DCBS code. Uh, not DCBS. <laughs> it was Might uh, as well. Have a, pre- yeah. have a previews code. The hardcover I'm talking about only has an ISBN. Hmm. So maybe they didn't put it out through the direct market. Never know. I don't remember seeing it either, but that doesn't it is mean that I... comicsology, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Hey, it costed me money. No, it's really good. It's it's, oh, it's beautiful. I'm looking at it's it now. Stuff. It's yeah. Yes, it's not something that's going into a care package. It's definitely going to stay on the shelf. Well, that implies that you give shit for care packages. You, you can't say that. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I give a lot it's of stuff so away in care packages. That are, that, I'm that, just saying that, that uh, holding on to. Yeah, it's like an eighty twenty thing now. It's it's. You're not about to, uh, Vince. You're not about to give away Brat Pack. But that yeah. doesn't mean you can't. Oh hell no! The rest of the stuff. Yeah. So you know it's. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm just saying. It's some cool beans. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, well, thank Eric. Um, yeah. Props to Eric. Yep. So I'm on this. Make this a whole, we just make this whole night about anthropomorphic comics. Hmm. Do I have more? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. But uh, later. I'll save it for later. Okay. <laughs> What else do we have, gentlemen? Would I enjoy Brat Pack, you think? Uh, yeah. Um, I think you would love Brat Pack if you approach it from the fact that it was revolutionary when it was released. Yeah. And, yeah, and But the tropes the have been beaten to death over time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm confident you'd like Bat- Brat Pack. I'm not so confident you're going to like Lock and Key. Oh, the television show. Yeah. Well, I watched the first episode, which I haven't yet. I I, I thought the first episode was well done. Um, If you approach it from the fact that, stating the obvious, it's not the comic. It's designed to appeal to the largest audience possible. And it is severely dumbed down for said audience the performances are good. I think the kid that they got for Bodie um, is the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think Kinsey's 
very talented. Um, and I, I went into it from that approach thinking, all right, this isn't mm-hmm. obviously isn't the, the, the thing we love so much. It's, it's different. It's for someone else. And yeah, we can enjoy it too. And, and I'm going through, I'm thinking, yeah, all these people are very talented and they're great at what they do. And, and the story is, it's, it's, um, ground up for easy consumption and the concepts are nowhere near as rich as the comic and then i got to the last episode and i'm like fuck this i think episode 10 is a travesty wow yeah it plays out like a a very poorly written after school special it is so it differs significantly from the comic uh, yes and no okay one of the things that bothered me, I found the androgyny content in the original very compelling and and appropriate. Mm-hmm. They, they don't play too much. I mean, they do, but they don't. Like there are characters in in the 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 comic that could be man or woman at any period in time. Mm-hmm. Right, they got the Bowie thing going on where they're they're either very very uh, handsome women or very beautiful men. If that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right, there are characters uh-huh. who can, you know, depending on what they, uh, what kind of clothes they're wearing, they could be either. Eh, they don't do that in the in the the uh, Netflix thing. Interesting. And the 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 shadows in the comic are brutal as hell. Eh, they're just CGI things in the in the the Netflix. They're okay. They're not. They they don't. Yeah, one, I know one of our patrons said something effective, like they had to tap out after the. Oh no, it was Jay Gonzo. He said it after oh, the, the, ghost, the shadow effects, yeah. he had to tap out. Yeah. Um, Bodhi's ghost effect is is okay. It's nowhere near as just mesmerizing as in the comic and. And I don't know. I I I don't want to poop on it, but mm-hmm. I I think in in preparing the thing for general consumption, it lost its soul. And but not mm-hmm. to belittle any of the actors involved in it, because I think they're all f- fairly good to great. It's just mm-hmm. that the the writing side of it, I, it's with what is possible with CGI and and, and stuff now, and they could have there. I think it. There's at least three to four books in the first season. I think it it goes through Crown of Shadows. Wow. Okay. To what was the one after that? Um, I, I don't have the yeah, but right, but uh, so there's at least four books in this thing. Why? Why they could have just maybe limited it to one and a half and and milked the concepts and really fleshed them out the way um, the the creative team did in the comics and they didn't they just yeah you know I don't know so there's Welcome to Lovecraft Head Games Crown of Shadows Keys to the Kingdom Clockworks Alpha and Omega. The Golden Age and World War Key. Yeah, they they pull stuff from later books, like not not super significant in, incidents, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just weird. It, it I w- I wasn't disappointed until 
it just turned into the same old, um, you know, homogenized bullshit. Mm. Yeah, the, and the, one of the things was that that really raised an eyebrow was the shadows. They're they're yeah. kind of, they're kind of pathetic in the in the the Netflix, and they're anything but in the comic. I got nervous because a lot of people who also love 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 the comic series were. It seemed like there were more oh no reactions than yes 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 reactions. Yeah, you'll get that. Um, and, but, but like we were just saying before we start, before we started the show or, or at the beginning of the show, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to, especially with something like this that I, where the, the, because of the source material that it's, it could potentially be one of the most wonderful things I've ever watched. So I'm going to try it. I, so I said, oh, I'll try it for myself. And I thought the first issue was, um, like safe. Oh, that, like I, I, I like, would oh, say that about okay. the whole thing. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I would so say I thought, that about okay, it. Okay. I mean, I really tried to go into it thinking, okay, this is not the comic. It's its own thing. Yeah. So don't, don't hold it against it. And, and I, the first, and I thought the first episode was okay. Um, I definitely came away from the first episode thinking, okay, this isn't going to have anywhere near the impact that the comic did for me. But it could be cool. Let's see what happens. So we'll right. see. Yeah. 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 It it seems like the intentions were good. They may not have had the money going in uh mm-hmm. necessary to realize all of the things, the visuals that were in the in the comic. That may have been mm-hmm. it. That who knows what the budget of this thing is. All I know is it wasn't enough. You know? Right, right. Uh yeah. But I gotta say, dead on for Bodie. Bodie's great. Um, I think they they slipped up in casting Lesser. Mm. He's nowhere near as bile inducing as the character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they took out the trucker blowjob. It's not in there. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's just the the facial structure of Lesser in the comics. It just it's squirm inducing, right? He, he's a he's a freaky, creepy, uh, maladjusted, outcast wretch. But the the kid that's in the in the the way they have him portrayed in the Netflix thing, he's just a he's just a weird kid, you know, that was promised something he didn't get. It's I don't know. I just thought that as a villain, he's not that intimidating or formidable. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. Right. It was it was a disappointment in hindsight. Mm-hmm. The the performance is captivated. There's a lot of touching moments in it, but that has nothing to do with the source material. So right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely. My plan is to watch the whole thing. Uh, I unless at some point it derails so much that I don't want to continue. But but uh, I'll try and watch the whole thing and see what what's doing. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, now maybe we should quickly talk about something that we all agree is pretty awesome on the televisions. Yeah, Dap, what is it? I believe you are inferring Star Trek Picard. Yes, CBS all access. Um, now wait before is... you get into it. I want to ask okay. you both a question. Yes, everybody knows that listens that you are by far the most 
Trekkie of us. He loves okay. the Trek. I do. Uh, I mean, but Vince is also a big fan of the Trek. Yeah, I like and, Trek. And I am not, not a fan of the Trek. I just have a, a more limited palette when it comes to it, in the sense that I haven't read many of the comics. And uh, I, so for me, I watched, for, for me, Star Trek is, is, is the next generation. I mean, my, I, I've seen all the original because my dad loved it and I grew up with it, but it never really resonated with me in the same way that Next Generation did because it felt like that was my Star Trek, right? Because it was out when we were young. Sure. Um, saw that uh, as we were talking before we started recording. Saw all the OG Shatner movies. Saw the first two TNG movies. Didn't see the final two. Um, haven't really... I've never seen an episode of... Uh, Deep Space Nine. Never seen an episode of Enterprise. There was another show too, right? Am I Voyager. Another? Voyager. 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 Never, never yeah. saw Voyager. Uh, then have seen like two thirds of the first season of Discovery. So for me, like this was all the goodness because I this is a continuation of the of the part of Star Trek lore that I hold most dear. But I'm just curious where. TNG fits for you two in the grander Star Trek pantheon. Hmm. Well, I'll go first because mine's going to be quick. Mm-hmm. No offense, Dap. Um, <laughs> Why would I think? <laughs> um, the original's number one with me. Okay. Then Discovery. Okay. Or not, uh, sorry, Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Then Next Generation. I like it third. Okay. Yeah, but you've watched all of them in their entirety. Um, not Discovery. I've only watched okay, maybe, well, maybe no, four I mean, issues. You've four. watched all of Voyage. Uh, all of oh Voyage yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep yeah. Space Nine. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like Deep Space Nine much more than Next Generation. I mean, same. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's the same time frame, but yeah, but the, nothing right, beats that. the OG for me. So just and just to be clear, Deep Space Nine was basically a. A sequel to TNG, right? It Spin was off. it. It Deep Space Nine Warp was in it, right? And well, that's the thing. Deep Space Nine premiered uh, in season wild season. I want to say maybe five or six. I was going to say next six, generation. Yeah. Uh, oh, they were on concurrently. Because, mm-hmm. because yeah, because um, oh, I wonder why I didn't watch it. That's weird. Okay, the and usually it was right on at Channel Eleven had one on. I think at like. Seven o'clock on Saturday nights, and or six o'clock, and the next one was on, and then Deep Space Nine was on at seven. Um, the, um, because the, the connection, um, when Picard was one of the Borg and became Locutus, he, when he, um, when he destroyed a bunch of Federation ships, that was one of the ships that. Cisco and his wife were on and Cisco's wife didn't make it. So in the first episode of deep space nine, Cisco has a massive chip on his shoulder and really resents Picard because Picard pretty much killed his wife. And, um, and so, yeah, for, so, so for a couple of seasons, they were on at the same time and then next generation concluded. Um, and then shortly after they brought, um, they brought Worf onto the station. Okay. So, what's your answer on this DAP? How, how does how do how do you, how does TNG rate in your pantheon? Having watched it all, uh, TNG is uh, so I'm not including Discovery. You can no, you can. 
Okay. So I, 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 I haven't, I've barely seen any of Enterprise, and I've seen a lot more than I ever thought I would of Voyager. Um, so I'm not going to. So they'd be the last. Those. They'd be they'd yeah. Be last blue look I right Yeah. Um, it for for me, um, Steve Space Nine, as as number one, um. Discovery because it's still going on, and I, I I still I stand that um, Discovery is the first is the best first season Trek we had because every other Star Trek series the first season is rough in spots and they've got the growing pains, but but Discovery came out strong and it maintained throughout the whole first season. So it's it's um, Deep Space Nine, Discovery, um, prob I I I. I so love the original series, but there's also so much that is is tends to be um, causes me some cringe because it's just whether it's and also I I've learned over the years how um, Shatner treated everybody and how he felt the show should be. So 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 some of that has has kind of um, affected me uh it's it still though it's it's still what brought me to the dance so i do love the next generation but there are days where yeah it's it, it's it's very close between the original series and next generation for me okay um and 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 i love it and and it's it, it's the next generation that that helped continue me to have that that star trek love because i'll watch episodes now and yeah and and when roddenberry was still alive it was uh, not everything it the show I think got stronger because maybe the stories got a little bit more mature or or more clever or or, or were written smarter um, after Roddenberry had passed. But um, but I absolutely adore that crew and 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 I think Next Generation is 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 a fantastic series and and um, and a lot of what I love about Star Trek is because of Next Generation. So I mean we wouldn't have something like Picard without that. So I, I definitely appreciate it and know that it it helped stoke those those flames um and then uh and then yeah then 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 we'd have voyager enterprise got it all right back to your regularly scheduled speak program speak on it <laughs> uh i i have seen the the first three episodes so i won't and i know jason's seen the first vince has seen this both uh the first and second um i when 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 my wife saw the trailer for it, I thought I she still has, and I was hoping she because she she like she loves Patrick Stewart and and for um so I think if if the show is going to be more grounded, especially when he's telling an interview about you know like basically Starfleet and what it used to be in the hell with them, my wife's ears kind of perked up a little bit. She's like, okay, well then this is something because she's not she's not in love. She doesn't really care for Star Trek at all, and 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 she's got some kind of bad memories for, with it. So, I don't watch it around her, and and I mean, if she loves Benedict Cumberbatch, and and she won't watch any of the reboots either. So, um, so that's my thing. And she fancy, huh? She is big out and everything. So I, I thought, you know, maybe she she'd at least watch the first episode. Um, she hasn't yet, but um, I thought it it it's 
from from the beginning, we're sitting down watching it. I just I couldn't stop smiling with that first episode. Even when there were some moments where I was like, I can't believe that just happened, and holy shit, and and uh, I'm I'm not sure where things are going because I don't we don't know we know who these characters are for the most part, but we don't know what they've been up to. We know that that Jean Luc has has retired and. Uh, in air quotes, but it's, you know, we don't know. We, we, we need some, we need the gaps filled in. We need to know what's been going on, but they, um, they definitely, everybody involved, whether it's, it's Akiva or, or, or Shaban or everybody working on this knows how to dangle that carrot and, and, and keep me on the edge of my seat and keep me coming back. And, and it's, yeah, I, I can't wait for. Um, I don't. I, I don't watch it Thursday when it airs. I, I well, obviously because we're also recording for it Thursday nights. But I, I wait till the weekend because I'm like I, I. I just this is. There are a lot of things I'll watch or I'll have on in the background. Picard is definitely something that just gets my undivided attention. I sit down. I don't move until it's done. And they. Um, I. This is one of those shows where I'm not trying to guess where they're going or I'm trying to have my mind write what, what I think happens or should happen. Or I'm just, I'm, I'm completely in their hands, whatever's going on, whatever they want to do. I'm, I'm all in, but I am so happy. Something like this exists. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, are you at all sad by how, old he looks yeah i am the the one scene I mean, I think supposed I, to be right but yeah, yeah the scene that's in the first episode i believe it's the first episode when he's running yeah yeah with, yeah. with dodge and he's shot from behind i'm thinking yeah. definitely stunt man there's no way he could he could <laughs> pull that off especially when it when the thing goes kablooey and he gets thrown like mm-hmm. patrick stewart would have been a, a, a smear it's it's but i mean i I thought you were going to say something different i thought you were going to say that scene evokes because because when you do see his face he's he's dying i mean he's barry he's not he's he's huffing and puffing he ain't acting he's not capable of like (laughs) running away from the enemy he's it's 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 one reason he's one reason why my wife does not care for logan because patrick stewart does look so old in that movie and she doesn't want to see him that way especially mm-hmm. what happens to him in the movie but I mean, he's 79 years old yeah so. yeah he is not i mean we we watched we were watching um an interview he had with uh with colbert where they were promoting the show and and even they're sitting there and and, and i i saw a few minutes of him on on graham norton recently and yeah he's um he's definitely he is showing his age in, in the sense that you, you you definitely see it in his face and 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 his movements may not be as as um brisk but but when he stands and 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 he commands a room there's still there's still that sense so it's yeah but no it it's it's not it's not easy to see him showing his age yeah, yeah. i just so, hope he there's a scene in an upcoming episode because they did drop an f-bomb in the second oh, one. Oh yeah. Oh they yeah. and, and they okay. did that all throughout Discovery also. They they don't they Oh don't, nice. Don't, yeah, don't I hope there's a scene that mirrors the the meme, the the gif with with Stuart with his hand up like what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck? Can, yeah. can, can we do a little 
spoilage based not on that what's actually happened, but on the uh, back matter. Because I have a question. Uh, okay. And I don't think it really affects people. I probably won't be able to answer it. it. That'll be all that. Well, I, maybe that. I, I don't know. Maybe either. But um, so I won't go into the specifics, but we are introduced in the first episode through the construct of him doing a interview that he walked away from the Federation because of an atrocity that happened that he yes. didn't want to stand by. Is this the first we're hearing of this or did that all go down in the films? Nope. This is all everything. Okay. Everything that we're seeing is at least now with the third, with the three episodes, everything as far as I know. And I, I watched half watched emesis not too long ago, but, um, all of this is is brand new to us. We we okay. have cool. um you'll you'll see in the third episode um how things kind of went down w- with him and Starfleet, but okay. um he 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 pretty much he and Starfleet split a little over a dozen years, years ago. Okay. Um and so I don't I, I I forget the the star dates, but I don't. Um, it th- this is years after. No, only because no, no. Only because I don't know the star date of of Nemesis, and I don't know the star date of of when he decides to go visit uh, Starfleet. But um, they're there. They, they they let you know. But um, so I don't know how many how many decades has passed. I don't know if it's like real time. I don't know if if the last Nemesis movie was like two thousand two. I don't know if it's been almost twenty years. Got it between so um and, and his caretakers are romulan yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah that's so great. can you guys refresh me as to what's the difference between a romulan and a vulcan they are they they share i mean they look the same to me. that's they are they're, yeah they're, they're they're basically cousins i mean they're they don't um because in the original series even even spock had said that um he, he had never seen a Romulan until an encounter on an episode. So they, Romulans allow emotion. Is that Romulans? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not as, um, logic based and, and as cold, um, which might be kind of ironic considering something that is, is explained in the third episode, but it, it's, uh, yeah, they, they just, they, they do look very similar, but, um, uh, whereas, um, Vulcans tend to be more, Peace-like and and uh, and loving Romulans maybe not so much. Okay, Romulans are more like Klingons than than, than they are like Vulcans. According to the Wikipedia, Romulans separated from Vulcans during the time of the Awakening in the fourth century A.D. They are the same biologically and can interbreed. But uh, yeah, so there you go. That makes sense because there was a Romulan captain who wanted to get with Spock. Oh, nice! <laughs> get in where you fit in. Yeah. <laughs> so predictable. Oh, good comeback! Pew pew! Shots fired. <laughs> I'm too wounded I, to come up with anything uh, snappy. Okay, because I know that um, we do. Uh, Based on the the coming attractions, we there is a scene where um, 
where Riker shows up. So I don't know. I don't know if Riker and, and Troy. I know Diana's in it too for an episode. Yeah, and I don't know if, if, if they also, I mean, I don't know if they are sure leave, if they're just, if they went back home for a little while. I don't know if they're still in Starfleet. I don't know. Um, because I doubt, I'm pretty sure it's not when, when Picard made his stand. Um, I don't know who, if, if any of, of the senior staff from the next generation show was, on that ship with him because 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 at the end of nemesis or during nemesis um riker is is uh has been made captain of uh the uss titan so he he was heading off to do his own to, to be a captain on his ship so everybody was kind of that that was the everybody's going on to do their own thing so i don't know um I, I I don't believe the the senior staff was also making the stand with Picard where mm-hmm. he was like you know Starfleet's yeah. going to do it my way or so it's it's um but I mean I, I I love the fact that you know he's he's on the vineyard where he uh, speaking of the Borg he recuperated after that encounter when he went back to see his brother um and 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 number one is great I don't um. Yeah, I just i I kind of how many how many episodes is going to be? Probably first season's probably um, maybe thirteen if if it's uh, kind of following the discovery mold. Um, And I do believe there's a um, they've already renewed it for a second season. Okay, cool. Assuming he doesn't die. Well, well, I think the writing's on the wall as far as that's concerned. No, I'm in IRL. Oh, that's not something you want to think about. Oh, it's 18 years after the events of Nemesis. So it's almost real time. Yeah. 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 um, Yeah. So the films are in continuity still, though. Right. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Forget about this is still this. This has nothing to do with the Kelvinverse reboot that J.J. Abrams brought Chris Pine. This is still the original series with, with, with those movies voyage mm-hmm. home everything that that's still that version of the universe the discovery shows that that's all part of this and this discovery is how much different Disco- discovery is about um five or so years before kirk was captain of the enterprise because oh, in the so, second okay, I thought it was much much earlier than that so it's no, not that okay no it's because the second season um Pike, who was captain before Kirk of the Enterprise, Pike is uh, almost front and center in Discovery's second season. So, uh-huh. so while, while Enterprise is kind of being like retrofitted, not in space talk, Vince, but um, thank God, uh, yeah, it's like eight episodes of just that. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's um, so Discovery is shortly before. So, I mean, it's not like Enterprise where Enterprise was like a hundred years before. This is um, this is only a handful of years before Kirk and company. Uh, but the third season is going to take it in a much different direction. And yeah. how far is TNG after the original series? Seventy or so years. Okay, okay. Because because Kirk and everybody's still alive. Well, most of them are still alive. Because, yeah. Um. Well, no, that's not true. Kirk Kirk Kirk's only alive because of the time shift and and because mm-hmm. they're in the, the the rift or the continuum. But um, Bones. McCoy is in the first episode of the next generation right, on the right, show. Right, right. So it's, it's, yeah, and, he, and he's much older. And, you know, obviously he's 
he wouldn't by our standards, someone like that wouldn't be alive, but he's obviously past the century mark. So yeah, it's, it's about 70 years from the end of, uh, the original series to next generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Overheard on the set of Star Trek, the motion picture. We sunk a lot of goddamn money into this big old plastic ship. We're going to show up from every friggin' conceivable angle for at least (laughs) a half an hour. According to Wikipedia, Star Trek Picard, its first season will consist of 10 episodes. Ahead of its premiere, CBS All Access renewed it for a 10-episode second season. All right. Sean Luke's going to die at the end of it. And I I, I hope maybe they um, speed things up a bit. I think they will once you get to the end of the third episode. Um, We'll see. He's not busy. Kind of dis- <laughs> well, that's pushing out a big theory, though. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's got a lot of critical role or something. That, uh, the um, he 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 kind of disappeared and became one with the traveler during the uh, next generation. So he he really because he was never in any of the movies. I don't think. Oh, okay, he wasn't in the movies. Okay, John Delancey dead. No, actually, you know what's weird? This is really really weird. Um, and John Delancey, who I, I knew from soap operas, but no, he is still very much alive, but he, um, he's the voice of discord, um, in my little pony friendship is magic, but he's also the narrator of, uh, the Brony documentary. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he's boys with Tony. He, I wouldn't, I, 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 love to know if that's true i don't know how much that might actually be but um i met him he had one of the all-time best twitter quotes ever this week what'd he say you know he's gotten himself fit right Mm, dropped a lot of the lbs yeah so (laughs) i think he must have been at a con because it was a picture of him with some other folks i didn't recognize uh, in front of the melting pot, which is a uh, a fondue, uh, fondue chain, yeah. and it was just them out front of the melting pot, and the tweet was, "Mistakes were made," because <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to the melting pot with it ingesting about four thousand calories. Wow. John Delancey was on Breaking Bad. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Need to, I, I yeah, I need to finish that. I, I'm so oh behind. Oh my on god! That. You haven't seen the end, dude. I haven't seen like the third season on. Oh my Did you goodness. not care for it? No, we were both watching it. I think something. I, I think she, it was just a little too dark for 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 Renee. So I think I might just continue it on my own. But <laughs> it gets a hell of a lot darker. <laughs> oh, I know it does. I know I it does. Say, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I was enjoying it. We 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 got to chuckle out of the things you were supposed to chuckle at. But uh, yeah, I, it was just it. We 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 she more than I. But but we can if if it if something no longer strikes her fans. We, we, we've done it with a bunch of other shows where it's just like, you know, she's, it, it, maybe she just decides to jump the shark or it's just, they go in a different place, whether it's like house or, or, or Grey's Anatomy or anything like that. She's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. So, but I'd like to go back to it. I'll bring I it think up. Breaking Bad is on a short list of greatest ends like it sticks to landing. Which totally so agree. Totally, did, you, yep. did you guys watch the uh, the Netflix movie? No, I have not. El Camino? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. Colin, uh, my son Colin, for the listeners, I know you guys know who Colin is. Uh, 
was is also a huge fan of Breaking Bad and watched it the day it came out, and he told me he thought it was I wasn't great, so it's kind of been on the back burner. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to steer this bus back to comics for a little while. Oh, okay, if you must. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at the clock, and we wanted to do a tight and right, nice and short one, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, if yeah. you would uh, like to get in on this Patreon thing, it's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Lots of fun to be had. Uh, there's a dedicated Slack channel for a, a very certain, a very particular tier. You can talk to us all day long, and they do, which is great. Um, there's other things that you can reap the rewards. Just go there. I don't want to explain it. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In your travels, there is an anthropomorphic cat in this month. Well, I'm going to say Oma? month. No, no, it's crazy cat. Mm. I, I'm talking, okay. yeah, I'm talking about comics review. This issue's number 403 slash 404. I don't know why editor Rick Norwood doubles up on the numbering. It's it's weird. Why not just call it 403? I, I don't know why they do it. But... um. The lead strip in this is none other than Flash Gordon. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, Flash Gordon appears every month, as does um, Crazy Cat, Alley Oop, uh, the, the, Pun- not, not the Punisher, my goodness, the Phantom, Mandrake, the Magician. But the strip, uh, the Flash Gordon strip is lengthy, and that's what they usually do. You'll get a nice big chunk of of Flash Gordon one month, and then in the next issue, Flash will be maybe relegated to two, three pages, and you'll get a big chunk of something else, maybe the Phantom, as I talked about on an earlier episode. But the deal with this Flash Gordon, it uh, was written and drawn. You got your um, Dan Barry and Fred Keita, and it's called, get this, Neptunia? And Phrygia. <laughs> there are two um, realms. Neptunia, where do you think they reside? Well, they're under the, the water, right? And uh, King Trigon, no no relation, um, calls in Flash. He's like, look, we got a problem. So we are very, very uh, glad that we can maintain our own food supply. What with us living underneath the water, uh, you know, our food is all around us. So they have bountiful amounts of food. But they're pacifists. They don't like to, they don't like to throw down. And they've been beset by poachers. People coming in, taking their food, um, and they want it stopped. Well, Flash does a little bit of digging, and it turns out that uh, the trail leads back to Phrygia. And Phrygia is a uh, like an Arctic community that can't manufacture all their own food because they live in, you know, sub-zero temperatures. And the queen of Phrygia wants to get in Flash's pants so hard, she throws him, herself at him at every possible instance. Turns out there's a worm in the Phrygia apple and it's not bandits that that are raiding the uh, Neptunians. It's it's someone within the the Phrygian Empire because 
not only does Neptunia have bountiful amounts of food, they also have the plutonium or the uh, Flash Gordon uh, derivative of plutonium. And so the story progresses. But man, I I love these things. They're so freaking innocent. Um, obviously from a, a, a more uh, innocent time. These were written and drawn in April of 1971 to September of 1971. So bygone age, right? Things were a lot simpler then, I think. And, you know, that kind of stuff is reflected in the stories. But when the dust settles, Flash is a major player because he's got Dale and she's gorgeous, especially at the hands of of this creative team. But when he says goodbye to the Queen of Phrygia, like he's sucking face with her. Mm. You know, you got to hand it, give it up to Flash. He, he's a he's a major player, but beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um, as I've said before, this uh, periodical is worth its weight in gold, especially now when um, I can relive Steve Canyon, one of the all-time greatest strips, and that's not all you get. So twenty bucks an issue. If you get it through DCBService.com, it's like what fourteen after discount for over it's like 128 pages that's not bad square bound it i I think it's it's in line with what we pay for um you know collected editions from other publishers so don't let the 20 dollar cover price sway you you can get it for cheaper than that and it's well worth every penny that's it nice there's i mean i'm just stating the obvious you is there's nothing that can compare to any of the strips within these pages that's being produced today. Uh, that's my opinion, uh, obviously, but I'm resolute in, in that fact as I see it. There you go. Comics review. Boom. Um, all right. This sort of has a anthropomorphic, not really, but um, <laughs> there's a, there's a character who can turn into animals, and these animals do speak. And this character is someone new to me because I wasn't aware of her before I read, caught up on, finished Champions. I'm talking about Snowguard, but the recent, uh, just concluded after 10 issues, Champions uh, by Jim Zub. And uh, Stephen Cummings and uh, two issues by um, Juan and Ramirez, which were the War of the Realms tie-in. And um, this followed the Wade series. And this is, this team will be back with, uh, they they appeared in Incoming and they'll be part of um, the upcoming Outlawed, which is why I wanted to catch up on this before that starts. because I, I'm you mean Civil I, War for Miners? Yes, Civil Wars 2.0, and 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 because we've already seen it with the uh, the New Warriors, but we've had we, Civil um, War 2.0, so we did, we did, we did have Civil War 2. Um, but we, uh, but I'm trying to make a a um, concerted effort to to read things when they come out instead of letting them just like self trade wait. Mm. So I want to when outlawed when outlawed starts i i kind of want to stay on it when it happens so at least now since i have the the wade stuff in the smaller form factor trades 
that they were putting out. I have the first trade of that. I'm waiting for the rest, but um, I'll, I'll catch up as that goes on. But at least you know this this was a team that was um, comprised of a bunch of characters that uh, I'm not familiar with at all, uh, like um, Red Locust and and the aforementioned Snow Guard. But uh, the the main group was uh, of course. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, um, Braun, who, if you don't know, Vince, that's Amadeus Cho now. Um, Power Man, the, the new Power Man, the the, the younger kid. Um, Viv Vision, Ironheart, Wasp, the, the new Wasp. Dust shows up on this team. She's just kind of tagging along before she's actually officially invited. But what's nice is that uh, even Cyclops, the, and this is before Hickman, rebooted the x-men but this is uh when cyclops shows up in an episode and he remembers the team even though miss marvel thinks that you know you're not because you're different you're you're you know i knew you when you were younger but apparently when the all-new x-men that bendis was writing when they went back through their time and they closed that time loop i don't know if it was like this for the rest of the crew but but with cyclops he absorbed or was aware of the younger Scott Summers' uh, memories and experiences. So he knew, you know, he played video games with this team and, and, and he went out and they busted up bad guys. But um, that was a pretty cool issue seeing Cyclops hanging out with, with these heroes. But um, yeah, I didn't, uh, the the overarching story kind of dealt with Mephisto uh, because characters died early on in this series and uh, and, and someone does make a deal with Mephisto um, and and someone you, know, you can't be a Spider-Man if you don't feel some pretty heavy guilt so um, he Miles deals with uh, with the consequences of, of his actions but yeah this was uh, overall I thought it was a um, it was a pretty entertaining I don't want to call it a miniseries because I don't think they planned on it ending at, 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 at 10 issues mm-hmm. but right. uh, with this um you know, with this team, I mean, there was some, and and Sam Alexander, who was Nova, um, when this series starts, he's not Nova because the Nova Corps took the the Black Helmet back. Um, but this kind of resets things uh, by the time you get to the end. So I don't know if things may have been pushed up to to make it to all fit, but um, I think I, I think Sub told everything. He well, I, I think he told the story he wanted to tell, even if it was compressed. But uh, we we get a new, um, you know, the the playing field is where it is at the end of this. So uh, the way some characters were at the beginning, um, things change, and it's in most cases for the better for them. Uh, but yeah, there's um, there's a whole thing with with Viv where she's got some inner de- demons she's dealing with. Uh, Overall, and I thought Cummings' art was was pretty strong throughout the series. It, 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 it he took the bulk of it, uh, the bulk of it, and and there are some some pages, some panels that that may I'm not going to say rushed, but there was there were some that kind of gave me a bit of a, a little bit of a, a mashup of 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 some artists that that I'm a fan of. Um, like, 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 maybe a cleaner than you. Uh, there was even like some 
Tom Grummet and, and, and Kerry Gamble kind of vibes going on in some things. And a lot of that I could just be interpreting on my own, but I thought the, um, I thought the interplay with all these characters, and again, a few that I've never heard of before, it, it all worked. I, I like the, um, you know, with, with this and, and Young Justice and now with Legion, it's, it's I'm, you know, I, I enjoy the heroes, the characters that, that I grew up reading and, and seeing them all in the Avengers and the X-Men. But but seeing this this, this, this new generation, the, the younger the younger heroes carrying that torch, even Falcon from... Um, I think the Spencer run is in this, but yeah, it, it's, I, you know, if, if you can get all 10 issues, go for it. I'm sure it'll be, I don't know if it's, if it's two trades, I don't know if there's just one complete collection maybe coming out soon, but if, um, if you can, if you want to get a taste of, of other Marvel characters, you may not be, uh, too familiar with it. This is a, this is a good, good chunk of time. I think you could, you could have with this in your travels, I'm going to throw out Jim Zub's Champions at you. I respect you for that. Yeah, I've I've read all the iterations of the Champions. I guess I haven't talked about much about it on the show, but uh, I like the kids. I like I like the core of the group. Um, yeah. I, I am puzzled by Marvel's seeming desire to try and like relaunch yet again Champions. <laughs> I mean, it's now had several iterations in the last three years that have not yeah. particularly done well, but. Uh, but I, I'm not mad at them for it because I, I do like the idea of a of a young of a team of young heroes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this isn't exactly uh, analogous to Young Justice, but it's you know it's it's Marvel's young heroes. So I guess it's yeah, there's some similarities. Yeah, um, right on. Okay, so uh, in your travels, uh, a book many of you have probably already read. Um, I'm I'm a little bit late to this one. Um, it was on just about every best of 2019 list that I came across. Uh, and that is Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki, uh, and illustrated by Rosemary Valero O'Connell. Um, y'all have heard about, you've all heard me speak on Tamaki before, uh, most notably, uh, the book that, uh, she's probably best known for this one summer, which she, uh, she created in conjunction with her cousin, uh, Jillian. Um, this is, uh, a, it's a, basically a young adult graphic novel set in high school setting. Uh, it's a story of a young girl named Frederica and, uh, she's a romantic and she is in absolute love, lust and adoration for, uh, her girlfriend named Laura Dean the titular character uh, who is someone that if you went to high school, you, you, we all had that person that she's ultra popular. Everybody likes her. Everybody wants to be a friend. Everybody was attracted to her. So she's the popular girl with the wandering eye. And, um, and you know, I will say up front that this book, the tropes of the book, things like it's a high school romance and young kids trying to balance being a friend with, with, with being in love with somebody and, and the push and pull of spending too much time with them and forgetting your friends. Like all of these tropes are fairly familiar. Um, been done before. I, I would even say that many of them are unoriginal, but, um, but they're also classic coming of age concepts that I think work well, particularly when they're well executed. And this is perfectly executed version of that. Um, so even though you can see where this is going uh, from the start, I think the, the, 
in execution of it just puts it over the top. Valero O'Connell, who I was not familiar with <clears throat> prior to this, um, turns what could have been a predictable story into uh, a triumph visually. Um, she does amazing things on the page with stoppage of time and like hyper close ups and um, interesting camera angles uh, at just the right moments to evoke the emotion uh, of the moment, which can be tough with sometimes what is effectively a coming of age talking head book. You can always, that can be tricky in terms of the illustrator being a bit hamstrung by there not being a lot going on uh, from a narrative stance on a page and making it work uh, in a comics format versus just like, otherwise why not just write a young, a young adult novel. Uh, I think she does amazing work with it. I think she has like really unpredictable panel layouts and, um, and then the color scheme is it's, it's, uh, it's a muted pastel soft color scheme, which befits the fact that it's basically a story of young lesbian love story. And uh, I just think it all works together really well. Um, I mean, Tamaki just is got, she's got an impeccable voice when it comes to this kind of, of, of setting in person. And um, yeah, so I just, I, I thought it was great. I thought that uh, it definitely is deserving of the praise. You, you're rooting for Frederica. Cause you don't want to see her get her heart broken, but you also either were that person or you had a friend that was that person where you kind of like see it coming and you know that there's nothing they can do, but just let them go through the motions and get their heart broken. And hopefully they'll learn their lesson because they keep being attracted to the wrong type of person. Um, so again, not, not any new ground on that front. There's lots of other stories about the same idea, but, uh, but this is a really well executed one. And, um, and, uh, I think that uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of Rosemary Valero O'Connell because I, I don't, I should have looked this up. I don't even know if she's done other comics work before this, but man, oh man, um, did she put it down in this book? So I'm sure we'll see her name cropping up quite a bit more in the, in the future. So in your travels, uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. There you go. I uh, ordered you a copy, Vince. <laughs> yeah, I'll read it when you're done, Vince. Already before you get it. There you go. Mm, not interested. Thanks. Yeah, you knew that though. You knew that. I'm not saying it doesn't look good. Uh, the art's very nice. I just, mm, I got. I you know. That said, um, I looked. You know, when every um, new previews comes out and Marvel inevitably has a an event every so often, and I I have to admit, there's a a, a slight twinge. Like, do I want to read this? And I'll oh Empire. Uh, that's the first Marvel event in a while that I didn't get the twinge. I was just like, I have absolutely no interest in this whatsoever. It's 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 weird. I I enjoyed Young Avengers. I think the characters are well thought out, and 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 I know that they have their fans. I don't. I like the characters, but if it wasn't if it wasn't for the creative team, if because I, I I have the hardcovers, I have the Children's Crusade. It's but the Young Avengers never really. Took, brought me out of my seat. I, I didn't really. They kind of really didn't speak to me. So, I know that this has been a long time coming, and this is this is actually 
an event for fans of those characters where because Hulkling is who he is and 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 this is just a natural progression and 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 that's fine but um I don't and I like the Kree Scroll War from back in the day but this I mm. I don't and, and I'll just get around that reading Empire if, if whenever I if I find it at at New York Comic Con on on the cheap or something but I'm not I I'm not going to be buying it off the shelf yeah uh, it's no surprise that, uh, to be completely honest, I have no interest in the young heroes. None. Like when you're talking about champions, I'm 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 tickled that you love it, enjoyed it. I I would find nothing about that book to to enjoy. I'm not a yeah, fan. Well, I mean, you're not Bob and Arn Young Justice either. It's not really no, but like just I don't really want to read about this Nova Kid or 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 you know ms marvel or the, any of like i just i want if if i'm going to read marvel i'm i'm old right give me peter parker and and steve and tony and thor i'm great with that i don't need another generation i don't want another generation i don't really care but that's just my reading tastes right and but mm-hmm. i feel i feel the same about dc I'm I'm not really concerned with Naomi or whoever they got going on. It's, it's it means nothing to me. The, is that a product of of aging and and liking what you like? And I don't know. I just but it's just these things they don't attract me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we like what we like. Yeah, it's true. I thought. See, when Wade was doing the Avengers, I thought it was a debacle when he had the. Adult Avengers with the young, who would then become the champions, and it was mainly it was it was Miles, Nova, and Kamala, and I thought it didn't work. All of them being together didn't work. So then they Wade split up the books. He wrote both for a while before Aaron took over, and he wrote the Avengers and he wrote Champions. And bluntly, I didn't think much of his Avengers. I didn't think it was. I just didn't didn't wasn't hot. But I thought when he pulled the kids out of Avengers into the Champions and put Viv in with them, I thought that book had spark. I thought it had magic. Uh, I really did think that he had a great voice for each of them. They were distinct. They had honest interaction. It just was reminiscent to me of books like Young Avengers and books like Teen Titans, where you got a sense that these kids were learning to really love each other and be friends and, and teammates. And it's, I, so I thought the book had a lot of heart and they weren't just characters with powers on the, on the, on the, on the page. Um, yeah. And so I, and I think Zub did a good job of continuing that. And I presume that, uh, who's taking it over. Um, uh, Eve Ewing, I think, is writing yeah, e- the e- Outlaw Ewing. miniseries. Oh, yes, yes, that's yeah, and and yeah. the um and the new champions, yeah, yeah, and so I, I you know, and I, I'm going to give her a chance to uh to 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 win me over on that as well. But uh, but yeah, I get it if it's not your thing. I mean, to each his own. I mean, the thing about the big two, right, is that he he got between the two of them, you got 120, 130 books each month that you can true pick and true. choose what works for you, right? What I'm hearing about 5G. I, I may I may not want to read DC either. You know, it's just I don't. I, I realize they're they're supposedly from what we hear. There's new blood reading comics, whatever. Uh, I they have to play to their audience, and I get it. You got to keep it fresh. But thank goodness we have uh, reams of four color paper 
already that we can go back and reread. Well, we meaning me. Oh, not just you. I, I think I think the nostalgia is it's an industry built on nostalgia, so it only makes sense that that's a part of everybody. That's why I collected editions and omnibus and, and absolutes and and Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe app all make sense. Yeah, right? I'm I'm far more interested in the the part of the DC previews catalog with the collected editions. Like I go through that with a fine tooth comb. Sure. Um, the first issue special hardcovers wing in my way uh, when they cull a Batman arc that I loved from the past. I'll buy that, mm-hmm. you know, and the Superman too. But the stuff that's in the front, I don't pay too much attention to it. Sure. Yeah. It's all right, man. It happens. It does. I mean, I'm reading less superhero comic than I've ever read, but it's still, it's still more than a lot of people read. So oh, yeah. Well, and there's the bright spots. There's a, I think there's a freedom even though the fandom has aged and it's, it's still the same, basically the same group of people that supported the industry 20 years ago are supporting it now, I do think that things like digital and things like trade waiting and writing for the trade slowly over a 10 to 15 year period did break most of us from the insane idea of complete of being completists. And I think that there's a... a a wonderful freedom to that because uh, I, I, and I know it was a slow, it was a, it wasn't immediate. It wasn't like a snap of the fingers, but now I'm truly at a point where when I go through the previews or I, I read the Marvel and DC books that strike my fancy and I don't give a second thought to the ones I'm not reading. I don't worry about if I'm missing some character development or that the, I, I, because eventually if, if it matters, I'll can go back and reread it or, or I mean, I can go back and read it or I can go back and catch up. I mean, if I don't know exactly what the, uh, what's happening with Cassandra Kane right now, because I'm not reading whatever book she's in, but I come across a book where she is in it. Like I can go back into the DC app and read about Cassandra Kane. If I'm so inclined, it's not, it's there for me. It's true. Yep. Now here's a, a little spin on that. When you said collected editions and reprints and stuff like that, I claim to have a complete run of Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four up to a certain point where it stopped mattering to me. Obviously, I don't have the first 30 issues of Fantastic Four printed. Uh, well, no, that's that's not true. I don't have them in their original form. I have them in reprinted editions. But mm-hmm. I, I still have a complete run of Fantastic Four up to the point where it stopped being relevant to me. Do you guys feel the same way? Like if you have a, an omnibus of Fantastic Four 1 to 50 and then the rest in single issues, do you, do you have a full run in essence? But do you prefer the reprints or the, or the originals? Hey, I don't consider I have a full run unless it's that, that format. Agreed. So I might have, yes, I might have, like I might have, uh, you know, the first three trades of 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 Criminal, and then the new volume by Image, the that all in singles. It doesn't mean I have a full set. I have, I have to have all the for me to make that claim. But um, for me, I, I, I've I've been saying it for 
ever uh, the contents king i don't care about the package it's in if i can read the story so if it's if, if i've read a handful of justice league stories digitally and then a few in in a trade and then a bunch in singles i i may have read it all and and that's what i'm after but um i don't consider digital actually owning it that's my problem no and that's fine and that's yeah and that's and 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 a lot of people think that way as well i mean i i, I may have a couple thousand issues in in a comicsology library and that's fine. I, I i know i can read those whenever i want but yeah i i don't it's i don't think of them when i'm looking at my bookshelves and looking about the books that i have when i say i i own this many or this is what i own i look in clz or collectors it's the stuff i physically have um but yeah i i i I basically just want to be able to read the stuff but if if but yeah i don't i i it would be very hard for me to say and that's my hang-up that i i don't want a complete run unless it's it's the same format Hmm. yeah i I, i'm a mess i don't really think i have any i can't I'm a walking set of contradictions when it comes to this stuff. I I long since stopped buying back issues for the idea of completing runs, although it was a big part of, of my collecting life for a long time. Um, I conceptually still want to eventually have complete runs of Avengers and X-Men. Those are the only two. But I'm pretty far off, and much like with you, Vince, like the, the way I would get there would be I mean, I have huge chunks of them, but the way I would finish them would be the super expensive books. I mean, you know, your Avengers number four, your, you know, I, I, so even just to complete them with reader copies would, would require a significant capital infusion that I just don't ever have. It's been years since I've really felt the need to try and do that. So I'm kind of of the mind. I'm just not going to ever have complete runs of those things anymore. Now I have just about every omnibus that's ever been printed, but where I say I'm a, a, a walking contradiction is I, I, I'm, even though I just got done saying I broke myself of that collector gene in some ways, it's just it just got transferred to other things. Like I buy all these absolutes and omnibus, but I, I mean half of them I've never cracked open. And if I am inclined to reread something, I now would generally go to Marvel Unlimited or DC app first and see if it's available digitally to read on my iPad if I just want to read it. Versus cracking open the book that's sitting in my comic room that I paid a hundred dollars for. So I don't know. It's it's a mess. Like I I don't I like having them and I like thinking that I have. I like the idea that I have these to read physically anytime I want. But in practice, I I generally default to the digital if it's available. And if it's not, then I'll go down and pull out the book and read it. So I, I don't know. It's it doesn't make a lot of sense, honestly. Hmm. Like I just. I'm a mess when it comes to that stuff. I, I don't. I don't know why. I can't break myself of the of the idea of owning all of these beautiful collected editions, but I I, I rarely make use of them. I see. I'm of the mindset I'll only buy an omnibus if it fills a void in my single issues. Sure, I get that. Yeah, yeah. and I'd be perfectly happy if I did shelve my single issues with putting an omnibus. For the first thirty issues, and then shelving all the books after it, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I got the run, mm-hmm. you know. But I, you know, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't buy an omnibus just because it'd be, it'd be neat to have. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't need to have the 
uh, if they came out with a Marvel team up, um, but I don't, I wouldn't need that if I have most of or can just get the issues of that. I I, I have to burn Fantastic Four Omnibus because that was a gift, but that that wouldn't have been an omnibus that I would have bought for myself because I've bought most of those issues probably two or three times over, and they're just some. Some of them, I think they're great, and 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 they look great. To, and if that's the way you want to read those issues, those stories, then more power to you. But um, yeah, it, it's. But it goes back to if if I'm if I'm looking to fill a run of of some old, if I couldn't find it, any of the first bunch of Batman and the Outsiders issues, I wouldn't use the showcase to say that this is this is me filling in the gaps in my collection. Yeah, I'm the same, I guess I'm the same way. Okay. There you go, people. Unint- extra, extra. A little unintended, yeah. So, uh, we are out of here. If you want more of the EOC experience, you can just wait two days because you're going to get another one of these Thursday. <laughs> That's true. Or you can go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit, and Instagram. We're uh, always omnipresent on those uh, social media services and check out the patreon as i said before in the meantime say good night you both are crazy you know that right <laughs> david night. <sighs> you have to repeat what i said word for word you are crazy Vince, <laughs> not i david ah, there you go all right we're out of here we overstayed our welcome as it is. Come back in 48 hours for more of this kind of Love stuff. You. Say bye. Later. Later.